So welcome back, everybody, to the Theory Den podcast. Uh, this is Renee. I'm Mac. Uh, TA will not be with us this week, and in fact, over the next couple episodes, uh, they might not um, be co-hosting with us. Uh, they will instead um, be doing more rotational guest work uh, for the podcast, because um, that fits with their uh, schedule better. Uh, so anyways, uh, welcome back. Uh, we got a decent amount of listeners for the first episode, so it's always good to see that. And yeah, not much has changed. Uh, this episode is getting out a little bit later than we would have liked to, but uh, hopefully within the next few weeks we can try to get on a more regular schedule. It should be a lot more regular now. There is, at least personally, I had a lot of work and I think uh, I can speak for Renee, and Renee Hill had a lot of work um, recently in the past few weeks and stuff, so that the later schedule and shifted it off of what we, our goal was, um, but it should be more regular now. Um, at least I'm hoping maybe uh, once a week, if not once every two weeks, I think um, we'll get our podcast out. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for our future uh, podcasts and such. Yep. Um, so yeah, and then the other thing I think we wanted to talk about before we get into the real meat of this episode is kind of an overview, now that we've had a little time to think and talk about, uh, how the podcast is going to work. So we're aiming for 30 to 5 minute episodes, like Max said, hopefully, um, at least, uh, bi-weekly, um, at best, weekly episodes, um, you know, discussing, obviously, as our name implies, theory in general. Uh, we're going to try and start out with maybe two or three more introductory surface-level uh, discussions uh, before we shift into some more heavy theory-type uh, discussions. Um, obviously, we're not going to start talking about commodity production or anything on day one. Um, yeah, and then I think hopefully we should have occasional guests, I think, is one of the goals that we have. Yeah, we're planning, um, besides TA to be, you know, one of the guests, we're also planning to bring, uh, Diptop in, who is on Instagram, Hammers and Hose, and also is part of the Eastern Marshlands podcast, which, shout out, you should also listen to, um, but... He's extremely knowledgeable on a lot of stuff, super well-read, and we'll be really excited to hopefully have him on. Hopefully next podcast um, episode works out and he'll be on, but if not, um, in the near future, we're super excited to be able to bring him on to help us out, especially with a lot of the more dense and uh, technical theory readings, um, especially, where you think he'll be super helpful on. So yeah, it's not obviously just going to be us two the whole time, but we're also going to try to bring in an array of guests and um, not say the same guest every time, but rotate them uh, throughout to give this podcast a lot more variety and stuff and incorporate a lot of different perspectives that Renee and I might not be able to encompass as well. Uh, Additionally, if any of you guys have any suggestions 
interest in general for guests uh, or feedback, whatever it is, obviously you can contact us on Instagram. I am VT underscore left communist. Mac is, you can say yours. Yeah, I'm a shatterer of psyches. Um, Also on Twitter, you can find me at shattered Mac. Um, Either of those work to contact me. Um, Yeah if you have any feedback on this and I'll make sure that it gets um, also to Renee and everyone else who will be a part of our podcast in the future. So if there is any feedback, let me know and I'll be happy to share it. Um, looking forward to getting feedback because um, I want to personally, and I think I can speak for Renee on this as well, want to make this podcast um, you know, the best it can be. So any feedback that you guys have, we really deeply appreciate and look forward to um, reading yeah yeah definitely um uh, there might also be on the actual anchor page um anchor.fm uh i think is the website um that or the app really that we're using to really launch the podcast um there i think uh if you use the link in my bio uh there should be a way to send comments i believe directly to the podcast so then we can see that I mean, if you're listening on spotify or another platform that's fine obviously you can reach out to us um the other ways that we mentioned but i think with that all set uh we're ready to uh get into the real discussion of this episode um mac do you have anything else to add before that no you summed it up well um yeah, just in general, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this podcast develops. Um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, it was a great idea that uh, Renee had originally to start with this podcast and such, and I'm really glad I could be able to part of it. Um, I'm super excited for what it leads to in the future, and you guys definitely should check out um, our future episodes as well. I think they're going to be, I think each episode is going to get even better and better and better. Um, so, you know, keep on the lookout. Like if you already enjoy it, which I hope you do, um, I think each next episode will be getting better and better. So just keep listening. Um, it really means a lot to us. Yep. And that's the hope. All right. So our main topic, uh, for this episode, uh, you should be able to see it if you're listening, uh, in the episode title, but, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, what is our role in current society as communists, and as part of that, how do we agitate for a proletarian revolution? Mac, do you want to start off? Sure. Um, so, I mean, to me, a lot of it has to do with uh, education, especially. I think that's the most important thing at this day and age, um, because the proletariat is really um well maybe not now but at least a few years ago it was in a period of global retreat um and at least for me it made sense to just start educating and spreading about you know our message and our views because and now as it seems with all the protests uh around the world that there will be some kind of crisis soon and our goal is to make sure that we educate to make sure the reaction doesn't take hold of that and we don't see upsurge in fascism like we have been uh, especially in europe um, and especially in social democratic nations um, as, like austria for example um, there's a lot of anti-migrant um, 
an anti-refugee sentiment that sort of can fuel a lot of xenophobia that then leads towards more of the far-right, um, proto-fascist, fascist light, um, you know, kind of leaders and um, ideologies and such. And so our goal is to be able to basically combat that by looking at the root of the problem, not not saying, not blaming it on the other, but looking at the root of um, class antagonism and how capital operates and being able to say the system is the problem and this is what is creating um, all of these crises and you should attack the system. Don't attack any individuals and don't become, don't shift towards a reaction, don't shift towards bigotry because of some system that's um, occurring because that's just uh, a distraction. It's, 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 you have to attack the system, not any kind of part of it. And so you see um, a lot of that in that people aren't attacking the system in those social democratic nations. So you see a lot of the rise uh, in far-right rhetoric, again, because social de democracy perpetuates capital and thus enables fascism to um, exist and such. And so our goal at this point, uh, especially with these crises, is spreading awareness of them, spreading awareness of the causes of them, especially in Chile, with all this neoliberalism and just capitalism in general, um, feeling a lot of these crises um, that are occurring. Our goal is to spread of, um, the awareness of what is causing those, which is namely capitalism. And then thus allying people with our side and thus radicalizing them towards uh, being more sympathetic towards the communist movement in order to be able to um, gain popular support, which is extremely important um, if we are to actually uh, fulfill the doctrine of the liberation of the proletariat, at least in my view. So a lot of it at this point has to be um, spreading awareness and education in order to gain that uh, momentum and make sure the proletariat is not in a period of global retreat. Yeah, definitely. Um, like Max said, uh, recently in the past couple of weeks, we've seen a huge rise in protest movements um, throughout the world. Iraq, Lebanon, Chile, uh, to a lesser extent, uh, the Hong Kong protests that have been, been going on for some months now. People are revolting against the status quo because they know that there is an issue and that more of the status quo, uh, that being neoliberalism, uh, capitalist uh, policies, aren't solving uh, the root of the issue uh, with society. And that's something that we're not seeing in you know, the so-called West, um, where there's been a rise in fascism light, uh, if not just outright uh, fascism. Um, people don't like the status quo, and... People are coming out there and saying, oh, hey, you know, we, ha we hate the status quo, too. But we think the status quo's problem is, you know, based on X ethnic group or, you know, these migrants coming from, you know, Africa or the Middle East or whatever. And so I think really what uh, the job of our movement is, at least in its infancy, is we need strictly to educate and i think that's something that myself mac and a lot of others have been working on uh through our accounts on instagram uh through writing essays meant to help educate people um there, you know there's plenty of other people doing this uh, work too uh the international communist current um the international communist tendency uh both doing some really good work Everybody who's contributing to materialnecessity.org um, is definitely uh, helping out with that as well. 
really what we need to do as of right now, our movement is entirely aimed around getting people to realize what the problem is. Once, once we get enough people acknowledging what the problem is, once we get enough people, you know, supporting not even what we want, and I'll get to that in a minute, but um, just supporting the liberation of the proletariat as a class, establishing class consciousness, that's really the point that we're trying to get to uh, in this moment. Going back to what I um, previously said I'd just get to, is the fact that communism isn't necessarily something that we want because we think it's just better than capitalism or it's more ethical than uh, capitalism in a certain sense. Really, um, and I, I went over this in my essay on the science of Marxist analysis, which you can find on my Instagram page. Um, really, the fact uh, is that communism is a movement that seeks to abolish the current state of things. This isn't something that we're trying to transform from the current state of things. We're not trying to shift the current state of things. We're not trying to alter the current state of things to something else that we want. Communism is the full abolishment of the current state of everything, that's being the mode of production, the class system, class antagonisms, everything uh is there anything else you want to add to that mac before i go on yeah um there's a quote and i'm not i think it's i'm not sure who it's by but it talks about um how Produn or whatever how to pronounce it i don't even know how to pronounce it um the person that marx critiques in the poverty of philosophy is a Pradon or something like that Pradon. i don't even know how to pronounce it i think it's french but anyways and i don't speak french but anyways um it talks about how that it was his idea to shift the current state of things and just you know the quote is like part of it says purge it of abuses um to like purify it essentially and that was apparently his idea not any kind of marxist um viewpoint so again we have to reject that and again, as my co-host Renee said, to seek to abolish the present state of things, I mean, it's not because of like morality or something that a lot of, at least I would say Marxists or left communists seek to, um, you know, seek to have communism uh, come about or establish, quote unquote, establish um, itself, is that capitalism via specifically the tendency of the right to the profit fall just specifically to that is obviously unsustainable and cannot be you know the forever mode of production and so in order to um resolve antagonisms it is you know the historic like goal or objective of the proletariat to abolish class itself and so that's a lot of the basis, at least I would say for myself of it. It's like, it maybe happens to be quote unquote moral or like, oh, you happen to reduce quote unquote inequality or exploitation or whatever. And I'm, of course that matters to myself personally. Like I don't want to be exploited or alienated from my work. And so personally, like in my ego, like to please my ego, I would want to, you know, uh, abolish the present state of things. But in general, just specifically looking at the tendency of the rate to profit fall due to the, the rise of the composition of the organic composition of capital just being uh, a factor of what happens in capitalism is that it continues to rise and thus extracted surplus value falls relation to constant and variable capital. Um, basically the rate of profit 
like empirically is validated to have fallen. Like there's plenty of graphs out there that show that it is falling. I think last year was like at 17%, which is ridiculously low. It's like never been below 20% before apparently I saw. Um, and then that also happens with liquidity injections in banks. I think recently there's been like in the past half month, maybe it's like $300 billion in liquidity injections um, into banks and stuff. So of course, we can see that capitalism itself is an unsustainable system when crises occur every five to 10 years, all of these things occur. Um, so a lot of it has to do with that scientific analysis of saying this economic system is unsustainable in and of its own self. And that's why we seek to you know, subvert it and abolish present state of things. And then that may happen to also coincide with like moral objectives, but that's not the primary reasoning, I would say, at least for uh, left communists. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good explanation. Um... And even beyond the, you know, capitalism's own internal contradictions that make it unsustainable, the fact that it's going to collapse eventually. I mean, we see through um, the industrialization of the world um, as a perpetuation uh, of capital, as capital expands its reach and its markets, which it has to do to survive because it cannot be contained. Um, it cannot be isolated in one place or else it'll just die out. Uh, we see the rise of global temperatures, and obviously the problem with that is that it's causing devastating effects to this planet, the ecosystems within it, um, various different organisms, humans directly through recent droughts that we've seen throughout the world, increasingly extreme weather. Obviously, industrialization specifically is a cause of that, but I think we can trace that back to the fact that industrialization was and is necessary for increased profits. Uh, in a system where you're not um, focusing production on creating profit and you're instead focusing production on things specifically to be used uh, by people, um, this is the absence of commodity production. I think, obviously, what we're going to see in a system like that is you're going to see an increased incentive uh, to make sure that that production is as clean as possible because you have no incentive not to uh, make it that way, whereas in capitalism, it's killing the planet, basically, and is going to reach a point of collapse, whether through... Uh, the increasingly hostile environment, or whether through its own internal contradictions, I think, if not within the next decade, within the next two or three. And so I think this is an important turning point uh, for our movement. Either we will triumph or the world will collapse as we know it. And I think that's why this is important that we capitalize on this rise in uh, interest and so-called left-wing politics by the younger generations um, in order to get them behind uh, this movement, in order to save ourselves, save the planet, really before it's too late. However, I don't think it's necessarily uh, impossible for capitalism to start commodifying um, this, like, quote-unquote green wave or whatever. Like, I don't think it's, you know, with... There was an article, I think, in The Nation, if I can recall correctly, or maybe it was in The in no, Independent, I think, actually, um, that uh, was really interesting. It was talking about how the Green New Deal is a form of, like, new colonialism um, because 
you're basically shifting a lot of extraction of resources um, towards mines, specifically in Africa, which tend to have a lot of raw earth materials. And so you're going to, in order to like save the planet, you're quote unquote, you're going to have to like start extracting like these like materials under like basically really harsh conditions, uh, exploitative conditions, if not like clo close to slave conditions, if not actually slave conditions. Um, and so it was talking about um, the dangers of like pushing for a Green New Deal, and that that was really interesting because it's uh, I hadn't thought of like the Green New Deal like that before. Like I knew that there was, you know, obviously that the prof short term profits of like oil barons and such, um, and other capitalists in the related industries were getting in the way of any kind of substantive push for green energy. But then I didn't realize that the green energy um, could also be the same in that case, where they, again, it's it's still they have the common interest they have a shared um you know they're in the same class like of the capitalist class and such and so they're still going to be seeking highest profits at the expense of you know workers and such um and the proletary class as a whole so i didn't really think of that perspective and i think thought it was really interesting how again that could still happen we could still start seeing the commodification of like you know the green new deal and any kind of environmentalism and i also find that to again be dangerous because of again not even just exploitation but also alienation from one's own labor and such and so like when i'm you know existing or whatever i don't personally you know want to be alienated from my work i want to be connected not as a work even because the goal is to abolish the notion of work in and of itself which is wage labor but i, I don't want to be alienated from my own labor itself um at least i want to be connected towards it um and such so again like i think that the that there is still a danger of that capitalism could commodify um you know environmentalism in order to sustain itself and survive because again i think i think it's maybe getting to a point where certain or the bourgeoisie as a whole might start realizing that you know that the planet literally is going to die um at some point and then eventually it's going to have to start if it wants to survive or if capital wants to survive to start commodifying again environmentalism and i think that's still a danger to again because of the con con continuation of capitalism itself so I, I again i think it, we should be wary of the fact that capitalism could commodify uh environmentalism i don't think it's even a could at this point i think it's really inevitable capitalism will attempt to commodify everything and anything it can in order to gain a profit for those um exploiting others for their labor uh those being the bourgeoisie uh specifically but uh i do think that at this point um it might be a little too late for them to fully take advantage of that because I think within our movement, within, you know, the environmental movement as a whole, there's a growing uh, antagonism towards these big businesses. And obviously, you get a lot of, um, you know, your liberal types that are, you know, like, praise every single, you know, environmentally friendly thing that, you know, what's the company G&E is doing. Uh, obviously, they're going to you know, oh, this Republican came out, you know, saying something bad against the big bad Trump. Gotta praise him. Obviously, it's PG &E, you know, I think. I think the company's PG&E. PG&E, yeah. It's the um, one in San Francisco, right? Or the, or maybe even all of California. Yeah, I think it's in California. But okay. yeah, just because a company or you know anybody is doing 
something, you know, green, uh, doing something you perceive as good doesn't necessarily mean that there's not bad intentions behind that or that in in its entirety, that entity, uh, person or company uh, is necessarily going to be beneficial. And I think that's where we get into the problems uh, with reformism, which is a topic for a whole nother episode. Yeah, of course. I think we can also look at um, Luxembourg's reformer revolution if we want to talk about that uh, in the future. But again, I think a lot of the times when when we when we say oh we just, we don't necessarily are looking at exploitation as like you know the primary reason why we want to subvert um, capitalism and abolish the present state of things. I think that sort of mischar or maybe that's a potentially a mischaracterization of our position because again. I believe that the proletariat themselves should care about that they are being exploited. Like I personally care that like when I am going to, you know, have to acquire the requisite capital in order to survive eventually and I have to undertake wage labor that like I'm going to in effect, you know, be exploited. Um, and so like I care about that personally. And so because I can recognize that, that I think every proletariat or we sh- our goal should be to have everyone recognize that that's the fact of life. Because again, that's what we're talking about this whole thing is how can, um, you know, how can our movement basically, uh, what, like, what's the goal of it in order in the future? And I think a lot of it has to be having them recognize that the proletariat themselves are being exploited. Um, and I think that will allow to increase class consciousness again in order to push the proletariat, or at least try push the proletariat towards that revolution that seems ever impending with all these crises going on currently with liquidity injections in banks with a possible recession lurking um and the climate crisis especially like i think a lot of this is accelerating um towards you know some kind of some kind some kind of a head like um whether it goes to fascism whether capitalism somehow commodify something and then perpetuates itself or whether communist or whether any kind of socialist or communist revolution somehow takes place or attempts to um that is yet to be seen again but i think our goal should be to you know form the material conditions in the society in which communism can in and of itself thrive or communist ideas or communist sympathies can in and of itself thrive i think a lot of that rests on you know education and having people understand um what's going on in the world and how capitalism is destroying relationships or their relationships and exploiting themselves and such in order so they can realize it's in their best interest to again be communists or be communist sympathizers or uh, assist in the movement and become class conscious and such. So I think fundamentally that is what our goal is and should be. Yeah, and I think that gets back to, you know, what is our role right now in society today? Uh, really what our goal is, is to get, we're really, we're fighting back against the straw mans and the misinformation of the West about what communism is specifically. Uh, and this is, you know, one of the biggest problems, um, with what Stalin and a lot of his, um, puppets in other countries did during, you know, the mid to late 20th century, uh, fighting back against that misconception of what communism is and how it is achieved is important to our movement right now. And then the other is educating and capitalizing on the current uh, growing dissatisfaction, the status quo, Uh, trying to draw workers away 
uh, from the false populism of fascism and fascism light, uh, and really getting people to understand maybe not the specific science of why capitalism is unsustainable. I don't have any illusions that everybody's going to go out and read all three volumes of Capital and everybody's going to be a genius um, concerning economics and capitalist and communist theory. But we need to get at least surface-level information out there as people understand, you know, the personal stake in everything. You know, you're being exploited for your labor, alienation, the destruction of, you know, social life. Um, I mean, you can... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. All right. But I think you can see a lot of the times with, uh, you know, individual proletarians themselves or just in general, like, collective in a certain group, in a certain nation state or such, you can see that they already are dissatisfied with their work, that they already sort of feel alienated without having to understand Marx's alienation theory, or they already feel like all these negative things towards their boss and such, um, or they feel like they're overworked, they feel like, you know, they're not paid enough and such, i.e. like talking about how much requisite capital in order to survive, like they don't think, like it's almost even, it's close, it's inching closer and closer towards actual, you know, communist theory without, you know, have them having read anything it's just their personal experiences right and so it's even if it's anecdotal or stuff it still like matters to them themselves and such so maybe when they read you know all these books even though they're from you know the 1900s 1800s and stuff they're like wow this person identified problems that are occurring to me or they put these into theory and words that like i didn't know worth it like was possible to like express or like i didn't see this before and i think a lot of it is pretty easy to capitalize on again um, you know, people already are dissatisfied with their work and dissatisfied with the status quo, and so showing them these materials is a lot easier for them to understand that because of what's happening, because that they already like again, like I've said like three times now, that they already feel dissatisfied. It's a lot easier for them to latch on to and agree with our ideas and become class conscious and such. Um, than you know, if there was social democracy again, that's why I talk about the danger of social democracy. Um, how it, how there's like no class consciousness, but again, it's perpetuates capital and it cements it into the social strata at large. And again, a lot of times, like yes, it's. I mean, you can like point to the fact that all these people are satisfied at their work in, um, you know, in like Norway or the Scandinavian countries, but it's still work. It's still wage labor and such, and so it still retains a fundamentally alienating added, um, you know, aspect to it, even though the actual proletariat themselves might not necessarily feel it as that much because they think they have it so much better than, um, you know, other nations do or such. So I think, I think again, that's why I caution against social democracy. But then I also think that it's a lot, it's really easy, especially now as we see more of these crises to convince people to join our movement and such. Yeah, I think, I definitely agree with you that people, people hate capitalism until you tell them that they hate capitalism. And that's, I think, what our job as communists is. Exactly. Is to show them and explain to them why they feel the way they do and what that means for them and for the future and for the class as a whole, really. I think that's really our main job. Um, And I think we've um, pretty much established that um, pretty well. I don't, I think, and that's the difference. between just mindless praxis and, you know, reading theory. You know, people criticize left communists for, oh, you just want to sit around and read theory. You don't want to, 
actually do anything. You just want to sit around and criticize everybody. Reading theory and then explaining the theory, that is what is important because that is what's going to make sure not only that we get it right this time with our revolutions, but that we get people to understand uh, what is happening to them and to the world around them. And I think that gets into the second part of the discussion that we're going to have, which is how do we agitate for revolution uh, in the current age? I mean, to take that question, again, I think that with the internet existing, I think it has to be internet and online-based because the internet allows proliferation of information at you know record speed, at least compared to any kind of in-person stuff. So while local in-person organizing is super important, like I cannot stress that enough that it's really important. Like I've gone to you know the climate protests and handed out um, you know communist propaganda essentially, and um, you know flyers that I made, uh, and I think that's super important to get people you know starting to think about it because I when I was there at these protests and stuff, I saw a lot a ton of dissatisfaction with what was happening in the status quo. You know I get there were reformists because they have been propagandists and such, but I did see you know you know, some people who have a semblance of hating capitalism and stuff, like some people were enthusiastic about it. So I think it's not that hard to spread it, especially if you present it in a, um, not a condescending way, not a, you know, like holier than thou way, but in a way it's like, hmm, you know, take a look at this. Like, I think you'll really identify with it. Like I've already seen this, like, like you know, in my personal, like in my life, um, these facts hold true. And I think like, based on, you know, your experience, maybe you can align with this. And I think, that in-person organizing is super important to have that personal aspect. But again, I think for in general, a lot of, um, you know, way to agitate again is going to be, you know, writing stuff and publishing stuff um, online and such. And, you know, doing podcasts and stuff or doing videos and tons of stuff like that. Like you can see that there are, you know, Marxist YouTubers and stuff who have like thousands of subscribers and stuff. And that has a pretty big reach. Right. So that's, you can you see how the internet can have convinced more people and stuff about Marxism because if like you don't really think about a lot of people being Marxists in your daily life like I think I only know maybe like two or th- people in real life that are actual Marxists or at least some semblance of um being you know communist at least communist sympathizing and stuff um so I think you don't really think of a lot of people being Marxists and stuff but then you see like these big name YouTubers and stuff having 30, you know, 30,000 subscribers, thousands of subscribers and stuff. And then you realize, wow, like there are those people out there, like I can, you know, tap into that and help agitate and stuff. And so I think a lot of it does have to be, you know, what we're doing, podcasts, videos, um, essays, Instagram pages, social media, everywhere, like just get it everywhere. Um, And even like newspapers and stuff, like if you are, or journals or, you know, magazines and stuff. And I think, that's also super important doing it in print as well as online and just spreading that out because the world is as global and interconnected as ever before um and so we need to you know capitalize on the ability to propagate our information on those channels and stuff um which namely fundamentally comes down to internet-based uh agitation and work yeah and i completely agree with that it really starts in two places um it starts uh in your daily life it starts with your friends your family, your coworkers, whoever you interact with um, in, you know, in real life, on a daily basis, your classmates, whatever. Uh, take every advantage that you can to get people thinking about 
the status quo to get people thinking about the issues with capitalism. Um, and then beyond that, obviously, back in the 1800s, you know, 1900s, uh, there was a lot of success in generating support for workers' movements and communist movements um, with written pamphlets and, you know, printing theory. I think we can translate that lesson to now. Obviously, we're not going to use the same mediums, but we can take the same idea, and that's where we get to the internet, um, social media, and whatnot. That's a really great way to have a lot of reach and to get a lot of people thinking about you know the fundamental problems with our society. And so if we're going to ever get to the point where we can have a viable revolution, a viable international revolution, which the revolution has to be. And again, that's something we'll probably talk about if we do an episode on reform or revolution. Um, we have to spread our ideas in you know, the modern way where people get most of their information. And that's going to be uh, mostly online. Uh, obviously, grassroots movements on the ground in your town, that's also completely invaluable. Uh, and I talked about this in my most recent essay getting involved in local politics I think is a really good opportunity because it gives not only a lot of reach um, to our movement within uh, specific areas uh, but definitely at a local level the bourgeoisie have a lot less control than they do at a state or national level where politics are more pretty much useless um, and inaccessible for uh, any sort of workers' movement. So getting that... getting in, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, getting involved um, on a local level, you know, talking with your friends and family, workers, uh, you know, other students that you go to class with, whether it's college or high school or what have you, doing research yourself and then sharing that online, social media internet blogs, journals, what have you. Everything counts, everything matters. I think that about sums up um, what we want to talk about this episode. If I had some closing words, um, in general, I would say, you know, the main goal, again, is to establish class of our movement is to establish um, or raise or attempt, I guess, raise uh, class consciousness and work on Education is especially important of an aspect. I would say that would be our main focus and the mediums in which we go about that. Um, while, again, local activism and organizing is super important, again, um, a lot of it has to be online focused in order to find a wide variety um, and range of people in order to spread our message um, as far and wide and propagate it as much as possible. So, Based on those things, I would say my closing statements um, are to, you know, keep at it, even though the world at some point may look dim, even though you may seem, see all of these, you know, uh, crises occurring and such, keep at it. Um, don't lose hope and, uh, you know, keep working towards um, establishing and building our movement. That would be my closing advice. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's pretty good. I think. We just need to, right now, we need to not lose ourselves in, you know, the losing hope, the fact that 
our movement is small, that it's been damaged by the failures of the 20th century, you know, the rise of neo-fascism in the West. I think we need to focus on the positives. I think we need to keep at it, especially with a lot of existing and impending crises that we're going to start seeing. I think that's our opportunity. Uh, and I think that's when we need to really start um, moving forward um, as a movement, capitalizing on the issues and the failures of capitalism as they arise over the next couple of years. And yeah, I mean, just learn everything you can, share that with everybody you can. And as you share, more people will share and the reach of our movement extends further and further and we get closer to a point where we can make actual change. Uh, this has been the Theory Den, again, podcast with Renee and, and Mac. Mac. Uh, we hope to see you um, uh, listening in either the next week or hopefully, if not that, uh, two weeks from now. Again, if you have any suggestions, um, you can probably rewind the beginning of the video where we gave all the information. Contact us. Let us know. Thank you for listening. Thank you.